Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln 507. I'm your host for today's show, Doug Fitzgerald. The commander is taking a break. He's actually down south. He's celebrating with his son graduating from Air Force Boot Camp. So we want to congratulate his son here uh, as well. That's a great accomplishment. Excited to hear about that when he returns. And as always, we have Johnny Cadillac producing the show. Um, John, thanks again so much for doing all that you do behind the scenes, or Detainee 722, I guess, is what Jack Detainee calls you. 722, Johnny Cadillac on this show. So There you go. Well, hey, um, we're not going to have Drive Time Lincoln tomorrow uh, due to Husker men's basketball. We'll talk more about that uh, a little bit later on in the show. But um, I'm a little bit disappointed because... Because we were scheduled to have a pro wrestler in the studio, and I'm you know, Brian Blade. Now, I, I just want to meet a pro wrestler in person. I've never done that before. But here's the thing. He was going to be in the, in the studio talking about the MWA pro wrestling event that's happening on Friday. Johnny, you're part of that because you're commissioner and also ring announcer. Yes, Tell sir. us more about that. Friday, 7.30 p.m. at the Cornhusker Social Hall, MWA makes her long-awaited return to Lincoln, Nebraska. We were supposed to have a show in early December that yeah. we had to cancel last minute due to health concerns with some of the wrestlers. So uh, <laughs> we're long overdue, and we're finally going to be back home in Lincoln this Friday, Cornusker Social Hall, 730. And it's also being brought to you by some of the stations here at Broadcast House, yep. Froggy 98, The Bone. Yes, sir. Sponsor that. You'll be in the ring, right, announcing? I will be an, uh, announcing the whole show. So, All yes, right. ring announcing the whole show. So yes. grab your tickets today on sale at ticketstripe.com backslash Lincoln 28. And if you know me, I also have tickets available that I could I can sell to hey, you as well. Hey, so. if you know somebody, if you know somebody. so Yep. They are $10 for adults, general admission, $5 for children, 12 and under. All right. And if you know Johnny, he might be able to work a deal behind the scenes. So. <laughs> Always good to know somebody. Well, the commanders had a great slate of political officials and candidates on Drive Time Link in the past couple of weeks. Yesterday, he had a great conversation with Secretary of State Bob Evanen in the studio, talking about Zuckerbucks and ballot boxes and um, ballot harvesting, voter ID, and all that stuff. Um, if you weren't able to listen to the show yesterday, I highly recommend you check it out. All you have to do is go to KLIN.com or on our KLIN app as well. And uh, you can also check out Jack's past episodes for Drive Time Lincoln. And uh, since the political election season is right upon us. It has, it's not even ramping up. It's just right there right now. And Jack has been urging us all to get involved in the political process. One question that I've received from a handful of people is, um, you know what, Doug? If I want to run for office and have absolutely no experience at it, how do I get started and what do I need to do to run a successful campaign? So I started searching, asking people, um, who can I talk to that I could bring in the studio that could really help us in this area? So if you've ever wondered this, yourself or you know somebody who has considered running for office today is your show you definitely want to listen grab somebody and make sure that they're tuning in as well i've asked chris uh, beckenbach to join us today chris has been a consultant a manager and a volunteer for campaigns from city council to county commissioner regent and even statewide uh, races as well she is going to share with us uh, her wealth of knowledge and experience from what she's learned from more than 15 years of helping candidates get elected in the process. So basically, it's going to be a master class of how to run for office. I'm really excited about the show. I've been waiting for it for several days now. So, Chris, I want to welcome you to Drive Time Lincoln. Thank you, Doug. It's a delight to be here. Well, it's been fun. We've been talking uh, before the show. It's been a great uh, knowing all the connections that we have. You've been in Lincoln your entire life. You've been involved in 
political process for quite a while. But for um, listeners who don't know, share about your story a little bit and then how eventually that led you to get into politics. Well, I was working for a really great local entrepreneur who decided to run for office. And because I was managing their business, they decided that I might have a clue about how to help <laughs> them in their campaign. And so I started doing that many, many years ago. And I, I, as I thought back in preparation for this, that really was more than 15 years ago. Wow. That's kind of mind-blowing for me. I kind of got the bug then, Doug. I kind of got excited about helping people present themselves in a positive way to the voters and then get those voters out the door and and to the polls. But before that, did you have any experience in politics? Not a bit. So you're saying there's hope for us. There's hope for anyone who who gets just really that calling on their life, who just feels that burden to go out and serve the community. And I think there's a lot of people that maybe have a desire, they think about it, maybe they never express it to anybody else, maybe they do, but then that's kind of where it stops, because that's what I've experienced with a lot of people. Like, Mm -hmm. I would like to get involved with the process, but Mm -hmm. I just don't know what to do. You share with me um, some Pew Research information that I thought was really interesting. Um, It says that there are uh, over 90,000 government units in the U.S., everything from county governments to independent school district governments, according to the 2012 Census Bureau data. Some governments have appointed officials, but hundreds of thousands of Americans serve in elected offices themselves, most of them at the local level. Now, here's the interesting thing. For the first time, Pew Research said uh, they asked a question about who seeks out these offices, and they found out that about 2% of Americans say that they've ever run for federal, state, or local elected office. How true do you think that is, and have you experienced that as you work with people? I think that number's a little bit high, Doug, but as you think about all the people who ran in their teens for something, let's say in in Lancaster County, we used to have the County Weed Board. You could be elected to the control board (laughs) for weeds. weeds. That's like, you know. That's noxious weeds. Noxious weeds, milk thistles. Yes, exactly. All right. Just want to make sure we got the right weed. (laughs) And so there was no minimum age to run for county weed board and i remember a junior high age kid who ran for that here in lancaster county back in the 70s and so maybe there were a lot more offices then and maybe we've pared down now but maybe two percent is the right number i probably know a dozen people who've run for office and maybe more i bet you do too absolutely but the average person probably hasn't really met someone who's run for office right all right, so let's let's dig into this. I know we're going to cover a lot of information throughout the show today, and I don't want I don't want us all to get overwhelmed. You're going to hear here to help us break this all down and um, and 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 really get an education of what it can take to get started. The other thing too, I want to mention before we jump into this is you may not necessarily want to run for office, but maybe you want to help somebody who is or join a campaign. Chris, you're going to talk to us about that as well. So let's start from the very beginning. If I have a desire to run for office, where is the very first step I need to take? You need to, and I use this word very intentionally, Doug, you need to discern the office. What office is calling to you? Is it the right fit for your skills? Are there issues that you're passionate about? If you're passionate about, say, pro-life issues or, or voting rights or those sorts of things, then the legislature might be just the thing for you. If you're excited about how we plant land in the city of Lincoln and how the city budget works, maybe city council might be the thing. But if your skills lean more toward administration or processes or service to people, then maybe the county treasurer Hmm. or something along those lines that's a full-time job that you get elected to. 
So you're saying there are both, it's what it sounds like, there are both uh, political offices where it is political, and you have to deal with and work with different people from different views coming together and trying to make the best decisions. Mm -hmm. But there are also offices as well that are more clerical or maybe don't necessarily have a political bent as much as they just have a task that needs to get done. That's correct. And so it's interesting when something like the county treasurer is a partisan office. What I mean by that is you're chosen from your party first Mm -hmm. on the primary ballot, and then you go to the general election head-to-head against the other candidate. So look at the governor's race right now in Nebraska. There's six, seven, eight people running for governor, and on the Republican side and on the Democrat side, there's only one. And so that person will automatically go through that primary here coming up in May and go on to the general ballot, where the, on the Republican side, the whole race is right now. It's mm-hmm. happening right now until the Republicans get down to their one candidate for office. All right. So now that you've kind of looked at uh, maybe an area that you might be interested in, uh, you know, one of the you know, one of the concerns that I would have, right, if I was running or thinking about it is it's going to affect my family. So I have a wife, I have kids, um, you know, depending on the time of life that I'm in as well might impact that. How does that impact then the decision you should make for what office you should run and when? And when that's a great question. You are going to spend more time on your campaign than you will on your full-time job. Hmm. I can tell you that right now. If you're doing it right, you're going to spend an enormous amount of time. Can you take that time away from your family and feel good about that? Hmm. Is your spouse, your significant other, are your children going to be supportive? And are they on board? Because if they're not on board, boy... Talk about not being encouraged to get out the door. If your if your spouse is not um, your number one cheerleader, then you need to rethink what it is you're doing. You know, we had George Darlington on the One Shot One Live show. We were talking about you know he coached um, for thirty years mm-hmm. at Nebraska, assistant coach there, and we were talking about what 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 does it take to be successful. And the number one thing he said is make sure that your spouse is on board with what you're doing. Yes, because if not, you know it's going to be a train wreck. Absolutely. Um, so as we look at that, then obviously it's going to take time to campaign um, how much time does it take to campaign and then also my question is if you got in, got into an office obviously it's probably determined on what office you're in how much time does it take to also actually carry out the duties of the office something like city council you're going to have that uh, every monday meeting that's going to be anywhere from three to i've seen them go as long as eight hours you're going to have another meeting sometime during the week and then you're going to get a packet of materials that are going to take many hours to read through and be prepared to respond to uh, in time for that meeting. So, you know, 20, 30 hours a week, maybe, in addition to what else you're doing if you have a full-time job. There are other jobs that are full-time jobs. Uh, State auditor is a great example. That's a full-time job. Secretary of State, that's a full-time job. And so um, it just depends on what's going to work in your life. So you're going to have to take in consideration, because if it is a full-time job, and you have a full-time job right now, obviously you're going to have to make a decision to step away from the full your regular full-time job to do that. Um, money is there are there you know are there salaries compensation benefits that come with uh, the office itself i know obviously it, bar- it varies but it's a question that we have i think that's a great question so federal representative in congress now makes $174,000 a year our um our secretary of state only makes $85,000 a mm. year it's just all over the place uh if you want to run for a public power board that's something else if you're if you're 
uh, aware of and, and tuned into the power grids and how they work, that office um, is a volunteer position as far as I know. And so, and state legislatures famously make $12,000 a year. Mm. So it's all yeah. over the place. So if you're going to run for an office, it's more of a considered a part-time either income or time-wise, even though it should be full-time in your thought process, uh, you're going to have to have at least if you're in the time of life where you're not retired, you're going to have to have supplemental income right. as well to help you out in that right. process. Um, well, uh, it is, uh, what is it, 519 right now. We're listening, uh, you're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIM. We're talking with Chris Beckenbach, a political campaign expert. Chris has been sharing her 15 years of experience about how to get started in running for public office. If you want to join the conversation, we're going to open up the, the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline right now, 402-479-1400. And I know Chris uh, would be more more than happy to take questions. All right, one of the other questions I want to ask before we dig into the specifics about um, you know jumping into a campaign yourself, uh, you know, <laughs> people's lives nowadays are open books, and I know there are fear with people like, well, dang, if I get involved in running a campaign, people are going to be looking at my past. They're going to be looking at things I've said in the past. They might be looking at things that are true or may, may even make things up about you. So there's a fear going into it of what's going to happen to me and my family in the process. Is that valid? Doug, that's, an, that's a, terrific, a terrific point. Just if you're ever going to run for office, think about what it is you do on social media. Social mm. media is forever. And there's more and more platforms and there's Instagram. And you may think that you have a secret identity out on Twitter or something. You generally don't. People can track you down. And as you said, they're going to take anything, your opponent may take anything that you say and make it look as, as mean-spirited and as bad as they possibly can. So before you get into a race, make sure that you are emotionally and spiritually mm. and physically prepared to take on the demands because it's emotionally very difficult. Well, a lot of rejection. Yeah, we're going to talk about how critical your campaign team is, mm -hmm. but is it important to have somebody with you that really can provide that? And maybe a spouse or a friend or somebody that can really help you from a yeah. mental standpoint walk through. They talk a lot about that kitchen table cabinet. Those people that are going to come together, and I've been on statewide races where mm -hmm. we would have Sunday night kitchen table meetings with the people that matter, and we would spend time in prayer, and we would spend time just sharing everybody's... everybody's uh, emotional feeling about where we were on the race not that you do things in a race in, in an emotional way but that's part of it you just need that support you need those people around you okay let's start shifting it a little bit here <clears throat> do you have to be tied to a specific party to run in other words it, it, obviously if it's a you know if you're running as a republican or a democrat uh for a specific race it's important but do you have to be involved with your local party for that to happen you know that's another great a great source of support is your local party right there are people there who have run there are people who are elected officials that can help you and that all comes through the party plus you have a monthly meeting usually with your local party and there's that that uh fellowship and that encouragement that comes from people who are like-minded right i know jack was talking i think yesterday he was talking uh on the show about you know if you're and i've heard him say it a few times you know if you want to run you know he's promoting the republican party website to just find out what you know what offices are available and in where you can get that support so i mm -hmm. think that's that's really important um all right so we, well we have a caller uh gene's on the line do you want to take a caller real I'd quick i'd be delighted uh gene are you are you there with us am i what are you are you you're on drive time lincoln do you have a question for chris yes chris um 
Uh, yeah, I remember when uh, you you uh, ran Tony's campaign there years ago and and successfully. Uh, if I were to run for office, what do I need to do? Do I need to file with the county election commissioner? Do I need to get signatures? Uh, what do I, or does it depend on the office? It totally depends on the office, but that's a terrific question. You know who's a great source is our local uh, Lancaster County Election Commissioner, is Dave Shively. He or his team will be happy to sit down with you. There is a filing deadline coming up. Um, if you're not an incumbent, so are you currently in office, Gene? No. No. So you have until March 1 to decide to run. March 1 at 5 p.m., you have to have a $100 check and the proper notarized forms in the election commissioner's office, and that will get you on the primary ballot here in Lancaster County. All right, Gene. Well, thank thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. Great question. You bet. All right. So speaking of that, um, obviously, you know, there are deadlines, and there are. you were telling me earlier before we got on, there are filing fees as well. There are. Touch upon that? There are. Depending on the office, it can be 1% of the annual salary. So for something like the county clerk, it's just over $1,000 that you need to, to present at the time that you, your name goes on that ballot. All right. We're going to take a break here in just a minute. And I think once we get into that, we'll talk about how much money does it take. Because I think that's another question people have. How much, fine, you know, from a financial standpoint, how much money does it take to actually run the campaign? And then, um, you know, getting your filing all set up, the finances are, I didn't realize some of the fees that are there. So we'll talk about that uh, when we get back from the break in just a minute. So, Chris, thank you so much. It's uh, been a great conversation. She's going to stick around uh, for the whole show. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. And uh, when we come back, we'll learn more more about campaign uh, finances and the money it takes to run. You're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. It's 527. It is 35 degrees out. We didn't even talk about the weather. It's... (laughs) It's cold, and then it's going to be warm again. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I'm Doug Fitzgerald filling in for the commander today. Jack's going to be with us next week. We've got just a couple of minutes here. The phones are ringing off the hook here, so we want to get to Richard. Richard has a question. I believe it's a financial question. Uh, Richard, you're on Drive Time Lincoln. Do you have a question for Chris? I do. There are accountability and disclosure commission rules and reports that have to be filed. And I think uh, with what's happened with Congressman Fortenberry, we're also aware that you have to be careful where your money comes from. Who do you get to help in your campaign to make sure you don't run afoul of mm. these regulations? Richard, you know, great great question. We're going we're gonna, to uh, go to Chris for this. That's a good one. Finding a treasurer is extremely important, Richard, and I'm so glad you asked that. This person has to be willing to take on those daily deposits and doing all of that record keeping that needs to be done. And then they have to be a person of extremely high integrity. There should be nothing questionable about anything going into your or out of your campaign bank account. And keeping that separate bank account, of course, is just step one. And then um, being accountable uh, and filing all those reports on time. You know, the Nebraska Accountability and Disclosure Commission wants candidates to do things correctly they're not looking to to ding people for doing things wrong they want to be a resource to help you and so finding that person who can read those regulations and help you do the right thing is really important 
Richard, thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate that. Uh, it, Chris, that goes to as well. We're going to talk about the importance of having a good campaign team uh, surrounding you in the, in the second half of the show. But financially, how much would it take to just start a campaign in general, would you say? You know, this, this spring is what we call a down ballot. That means we don't have a president. We don't have some high... We don't, we don't have... Um, you know, some of the higher offices, we do have the governor's race, but uh, that's going to mean that the spend is going to be a little bit less. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of different things. There's all the marketing that goes on, the yard signs, the, the printed pieces, the direct mail, the advertising. But there's also your team. And you can have volunteer staff, which most people, if you're running for school board or you're running for, you know, a, a, a local office, are going to have um, more of a volunteer staff. You can hire an advisor or a consultant, and those people are going to be several thousand dollars a month. Okay. Um, and so anything in between there, you can you can have paid staff or volunteer. All right, we'll get into that to the second half of the show. All right, you're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499 KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Well, thanks for joining us today on your drive home. It's 537, 35 degrees outside here in Lincoln. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, for today. Filling in for the Commander this week as he's celebrating his son's graduation from Air Force Boot Camp. So we're excited for him for that. He'll be back again on Monday, back in the driver's seat. Well, I want to jump back in. We've been talking uh, with Chris Beckenbach today about if you want to jump in and and uh, start your own political campaign and what it takes to do that. And uh, we've got lots of things. We, we could have like a three or four hour show with Chris being here. She knows so much. Um, but, uh, you know, we've, we've had a great conversation in the first half of the show. If you didn't hear it, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. All you have to do is go to KLAN.com or grab the KLAN app and you can check that out. I highly recommend it. Now you have, Chris, you have 15 years of experience in helping different campaigns all across from local campaigns to across the state at all different levels and you have that experience we had a great caller uh, with Richard talking about just finances and what it takes financially um, it, obviously there are deadlines uh, we've got a caller Bob on uh, waiting on the line as well we'll get to him here in just a minute and if you have a question as well we'll do our best to try to get you on the Rick Stein recognition hotline you can call or text 402-479-1400 Chris let's jump back in if you've decided on uh, which office you want to run for you understand that you're gonna have to, to take into account your current financial situation job situation family situation the time it's going to take to not only run but then also carry out the duties of your office and then now we need to start getting into messaging what do you stand for uh, what's important to look at as far as really identifying not only the office but then what do you stand for so that people can understand why you're running and why are you running that's the very first question anybody who comes to talk to me about a possible campaign I say, why are you running? What is what is compelling you to want to put yourself out there? As right. we talked earlier, you're going to be exposing yourself, your family, right or wrong, your family, and and everything about you to the public, and try to put it in the best light that you can. Because we all have some things we really wish weren't weren't as public. So um, I'm sure you sit around with some advisors or some friends and and really identify what are the issues. Right? It, it doesn't matter if you're marketing with business. You got to identify what's the problem and yes. how am I going to fix it. Yes. Uh, how do you walk through that process? And then ultimately, you talk about developing an elevator speech, which I'm which I'm assuming encapsulates that. Yes. You need to get why you're running down to about 15 or th- to 30 seconds maximum because people's eyes start glazing over right. after that. Well, I care about you know whooping cranes and I care about that's great, but what. What does that have to do with you being, you know, the the 
the clerk of the district court. Right. I mean, really, why is it you're running, and, and how will you, the office that you're running for, how will what you're passionate about be able to be influenced by what it is that you're talking about? So a friend of mine in the industry talks about the M&M's. You know what the M&M's are? I don't. Well, I know what M&M's are, yeah, but I, I don't know what this I'm a is. peanut M&M person <laughs> myself. But peanut, M&M. butter, <laughs> peanut butter, just getting it on, on record here. Uh, M&M's are money and messaging, and it's going to take really, really precise messaging and really more money than you're ever going to imagine. And that has something that has changed significantly in the 15 years. We used to be able to put people in a room with a telephone dialer, and they would call or they would go out and knock on doors with a printed piece and introduce that candidate to those voters and now there's just a, a hundred different ways to get that voters attention and all of it costs money anymore yeah speaking of money let's jump into the campaign team all right okay there, you have to have you know some good people on your side working with you in different areas and i didn't realize the different areas you'd share with me an outline of just what a team looks like let's walk through the team you already touched upon a financial uh, treasurer, your county tre- yeah, your you know, campaign treasurer that, yep. that takes care of those finances. Who else is on that team, and why are they there? Well, there's there's an advisor or a consultant, and that is your person. Ultimately, the candidate is in charge of their own campaign, but there's an advisor or a consultant. A consultant will come in, help you get your messaging in order, help you find the best deal on yard signs. They know all the things about the nuts and bolts of a campaign. An advisor. Um, is is different. Did I just talk about a consultant? Consultants and advisors can kind of go back and forth. A consultant is someone that just comes in and consults. An advisor is someone who's with you from start to finish. Sometimes called that campaign manager. The bigger your campaign, statewide race for governor, you're going to have a number of people on your paid staff. You're going to hire a professional fundraiser who's going to take a percentage of everything that you raise through their assistance. And then you might have a field operations person. And those are sometimes younger people because they're the people who probably go out and put up your yard signs and make sure that your materials are where they need to be. Because putting up those giant yard signs, Doug, that's hard work. (laughs) That is not something that I do. I am not ready to go out with a with a, a fence post digger and put in yard signs. But all those people are important, especially the bigger race, the more people you need. And they take money. They, they do. They take finances. So you're, what you're enlightening me to is a lot of these people are going to expect some type of compensation at some yes. level. Some are probably going to offer just their time. Right. But some are going to be expecting some finances right. as well. Right. They do. And you're going to want to have a good contract with them before you begin that race because nothing hurts more than having that misunderstanding halfway through a race that's just not something you want to deal with so have a contract with those consultants and advisors that are working on your campaign and that's where your manager will come in to really help you with that i'm assuming an attorney would be good to have on your side to be able to at least consult you during the process yeah and there are templates for those kinds of things all right so get let's help me get over my anxiety you're talking about a lot of money here we are to make this happen how do you ask for money like that would like freak me out like you know, you're going to go out because you're going to have to ask people to help fund your campaign you are and so you're going to start with those people nearest and dearest to you because they're going to be just as excited about your campaign as you are and you're going to go to them and you're going to say i i believe my campaign's going to cost I don't know, $50,000 is about what I'm going to need because you're going to have looked back at previous campaigns and look at what was raised, what was spent, what's still on hand, how much was their own money. Um, and then you're going to uh, the last mayor's race. Uh, each campaign raised uh, over $500,000. Wow. It's a lot of money. Yeah. It's a lot of money. And some of, most of that's going to come in those, those $50 checks from your friends in your church group and your, your, the people you were in a fraternity with and the, the people in your 
um, your uh, work, you know, that you know from work or your kid's school or, or wherever. So that's where that money is going to come from. And, and, you know, little donations and large are all very important. What if you're running for, uh, like, for instance, uh, um, you know, Jack had uh, one of the commissioners, county commissioners on earlier. What is a race like that? Obviously, if you're running for governor, you're, you know, that's just going to take a thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Hundreds of thousands, yes. So what if you're looking at, like, county commissioner? What does a financial campaign look like there? From a somewhere between fifty and seventy-five thousand so dollars. Still talking. If you, you want are. to run and you want to run effectively, yep. you're going to have to raise money. And that doesn't mean you're going to spend it all in that race, but right. you might need it because if something comes up last minute, um, you need to have the resources ready to spend at the last minute on a radio campaign to answer a question that's been raised or to to do one more piece of mail out to those voters that that for some reason got distracted from your candidacy okay so if you have let's say you have campaign obviously you have to set up or campaign money Mm -hmm. that's been donated to you You need to set up a bank account for that you just said well what what happens if you don't win the race now earlier in the break you were talking about not everybody wins right yeah it's a hard thing you have to understand that so my, my question ultimately is what do you do with those funds if you don't win but why don't you talk a little bit about you know not everybody wins when they're there's no participation trophies there really aren't and so what you take away then is what you learned on the campaign trail as you're listening to voters what's important to them how can you serve in those ways even if you're not in elected office Mm -hmm. what what kind of community organizations can you be a part of that will serve those needs that are that you've really touched you as you've heard people's stories and then, who did you meet on your way? Who did you become really dear friends with that you didn't even know before? But stuffing envelopes together for that candidate, you became really, really good friends. And you take those friends and those experiences with you. And and just the, the pride of knowing that you put yourself in the best light and put yourself out there and worked really hard. There are benefits if you lose. There are. And I've seen a lot of cam, you know, um, people who began a campaign, they didn't win, but they stayed in the involved in the process mm-hmm. and continued to stay involved and then ran again to win. So it's important not only that, but to understand there are benefits to it. And it can begin, at least from my understanding here, uh, it can begin the process of you understanding the process better, understanding the issues better, and the role of the position better. Right, exactly. And maybe you become a voice then that if you ran for city council and you really became involved in that, but you don't get a seat on the council, you can be someone who holds those uh, council people accountable. You can show up at meetings, ask mm. hard questions, and because you understand the process better. So if you don't win and you have those funds then, going back to my ultimate question, okay. what, what what do you have to do with that money? You can uh, donate it. You can um, buy uh, let's say another candidate is having um, an event that you want to buy a ticket to. You can do that up to a certain level. The rules are different uh, with federal offices than they are with state and local offices. Can so. you keep that money to run another campaign in the future? You can in the you future. You would have to do reporting every year. And anybody who's curious about what people have raised or where that money came from can go to the Nebraska Accountability and Disclosure Commission. And there are campaign filing reports there. Okay. And you can look at quarterly and annual reports so you can go see if someone you might consider running against that's already in office how much money do they have in their coffers before the race even starts and then with that money being there do you have to run for the same office to use utilize that that funding money or can it be a different office it can be a different office you have to change the name usually of the campaign that's why you'll see more and more you're seeing people um you know john smith for lancaster county Mm -hmm. he could run for virtually anything in the area okay 
Those are great answers to questions that I have, and I know a lot of people have as well. Bob was on the line. We're going to get to his question in a second. It's 548. You're listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1400 and 99.3 KLIN. And we're having a great discussion. I've just been loving this uh, with Chris Beckenbach about how to run a campaign if you've never, if you've thought about it before, but you've never done it before. Let's get into the actual campaign itself. We just talked about having a good campaign team. But let's talk about the campaign. What does it entail to run a good campaign, and what are you going to be expected to do? Well, you want to look like a professional. So you're going to hire a designer. You're going to go get your hair done. You're going to get hey. a haircut, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to um, have a professional look. You're going to get some professional photos. And then you need to look like the office that you want to be elected mm. to. And so, um, you know, Tim Clare gave me advice a long, long time ago, and that was about shoes. Did you ever think about shoes in a race? I haven't. Because regardless of how much has changed, there's nothing beats going on knocking on someone's door and talking to them face-to-face, and that requires shoes. You've got to get out there, and if you don't burn up a couple pair of tennis shoes in a race, you aren't getting out enough. Well, Bob had a question about that, about how do you run a campaign, and how is it different now with COVID? You know, it used to be just basically door-to-door and how many people you could get in front of. Now we have social media, uh, but we also have COVID that's kind of rearing its ugly head, and we're kind of right in the middle of a peak right now. Does that hinder the way people do their campaigns? Is social media a good platform to be able to to build on? Do people still go door-to-door? How does it all work? You talk about wearing out them shoes. People do still go door-to-door, and I, I like to think about it this way, that you're still outside their home. You're still outdoors, and a lot of people, depending on the weather, will come out on the porch and talk to you. And so, yes, you want to approach in a way that's respectful, and if that means being masked for you, great. Um, and, and be respectful to that voter behind the door. You don't know their situation. Right. And then have them come out on the porch and talk. You're not going to stand there for hours. You're going to be a few minutes introducing yourself as the candidate, talking about issues, and listening to what the voter is important to them, and then simply asking for their vote. Like you talked about earlier, asking for the money, you need to ask for their vote. I always say, go for the ask. You never, (laughs) right? What's the worst that can happen? No. They can say no. They can say no. So you always go for the ask. Yep. So you're going door to door. That's one way. Social media. It's changed the landscape, right? Mm-hmm. It absolutely has. And again, increased cost. Right. Um, But... There's still a place for direct mail, as we see, as we come up in the 1st of May. We're going to see our mailboxes fill up again. Um, there's, is, a, there's a place for that. Is that really impactful? Because I, I, I get all these things in the mail, and I wonder, like, how much money is being spent on all these things? And, you know, honestly, a, a lot of it, yeah, how big of it, and a lot of it, you know, goes in my trash can. So, but how effective is that? Uh, you know, research says that it still has impact, and mm-hmm. I guess people are going to still do it, so... Uh, you know, and then you you have to decide about things like billboards. You know, are billboards important? Are yard do yard do yard signs vote? That's a really great question as well. How effective are they? Because and are there rules for yard signs? There are many rules for yard signs, and I see them violated all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the county election commissioner can uh, hand you a whole packet, and there's great information on the website that you can get. The one that drives me nuts, Doug, is that they can't be between your sidewalk and the curb. That's the city's property, and theoretically, you cannot put uh, advertise, political advertising signs between the sidewalk and the curb. But you can put them on your yard. You can put them in your yard as long as your homeowners association allows them. Right. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we we yeah, we deal with that in our homeowners association. Yep, me too. So with that then, is there a time frame that you can put them up and down or can you have them up all the time? I mean Um, you know, I don't know the answer to that off the Mm -hmm. top of my head. Um most people don't have the money together to get them up much before 
say the filing deadline, which is March first. But I've seen them up already for for this congressional race and for the for the governor's race for quite some time. Right. So yeah. I don't think there's a pre um, before race. I think after the race, it's a matter of taste. It's kind of like Christmas lights. When is the right time to take them down? Well, probably the first of January. Right. Or right. at least not have them on anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not have them. Well, uh, man, that's some good information. There's a lot to soak in. Uh, there are deadlines. Let's go back to that again. If people are interested in running for this round of campaigns. Yep. March uh, 1 at 5 p.m. You have to have your documents into the election commissioner's office. And do you have a website for that by chance? I can grab that or real quick. People can Google it. It's at 46th and R Street, okay. um, lancaster.ne.gov slash election. And is that for any office? That is for any office you're going to run for in Lancaster County. Okay. Yep. And so now's the time to get started. Is it too late? That would be the question I have is obviously, what are we at? January 26th. A minute from now, it's too late. But right now, you still have time. If you're interested, (laughs) get involved. As a campaign advisor, I would say get out there as quickly as you can and get those professional headshots done. Get some design going. Just figure out in your mind why you're running because it's a big it's a big adventure and it's a big time of excitement and enthusiasm and it takes a lot well we talked about losing earlier mm-hmm. let's talk about winning let's right let's finish winning. on winning if you win the campaign what do you do do you celebrate i mean i would like to really highlight those people to help me get there how do you do that you thank them you feed them a lot your volunteers <laughs> um donuts pizza i've seen it all um you feed them you thank them and then you listen to them mm. um not just because that they volunteered on your campaign, but because they uh, are the heart of what we are about in Lincoln and Lancaster County. Those volunteers who care enough to get out and get involved. And I just want to encourage everyone to get out and vote. Right. So I thank all voters who get out and vote, whether they vote for the candidate that I'm supporting or not. Thank you for those who yeah. regularly get out and get and get yourself on that permanent absentee list. You never have a reason not to go to the polls, whether you're ill or anything else. You're going to get that ballot in the mail, and you're going to you're going to have that opportunity to vote. I love that. That's a great idea. Um, then finally, you know, we finish up that campaign. You celebrate. Do you keep Do you keep in contact with your team? Oh, I've seen all? people become really good friends with okay. their team. Yeah, kind of like that whole kitchen cabinet thing where you go back to them and you say, "Okay, here's a here's an issue before my ray before my my you know office." What is it that makes sense to you as the voters of Lancaster County? Well, thank you so much for coming in. If people want to get in touch with you, is there any place to go for them? Sure. They can uh, check out my email at kbeckenbach at hotmail.com. Be happy to hear from them there. You can find me on Facebook. I'm kind of around. Chris Beckenbach, thank you so much for being here. This has been really enlightening. We really appreciate your time. Thank you again for for coming in. My pleasure. All right. We've had a great conversation. If you want to listen to the recording of this, go to our website, klin.com. It is 555. We're going to take our final break before we wrap things up. You are listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, at 557, it's currently 35 degrees outside. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, filling in for the commander. He's going to be back again on Monday. I do want to jump in and look at the weather because we have been on a roller coaster, like, like no precipitation. And one day it's spring, the next day it's like we're in the middle of winter. Right now it's 35 degrees outside, um, but it's going to look up. Uh, 
look at Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be 55 on Saturday, 51 on Sunday, and then 57 on Monday. So Monday might be a great day to take off work and hit the golf course. So anyway, quick check of the weather there. We appreciate that. I also want to look at uh, Husker Sports real quick because it impacts our show tomorrow. The Husker men's basketball team has been off for the past nine days to the, due to um, health and safety protocols within the program. Uh, they're scheduled to be back in action tomorrow here in Lincoln. They're taking on number 11, Wisconsin. Tip-off is going to be at 4 with the pregame at 3 o'clock. You can hear that game right here on KLIN. Due to the game starting at 4, there is going to be no drive time Lincoln tomorrow afternoon. Then the 13-4 and four Husker women's basketball team has also had their season postponed for the past 10 days due to health and safety protocols. Their next game is going to be tomorrow night against Wisconsin. Again, here in Lincoln, the tip-off for that game will be at 8 o'clock in the evening. You can catch it on our sister station at B107.3. Well, a quick programming note. Uh, tomorrow, again, we're not going to have Drive Time Lincoln. Friday, we're going to have Alec McChesney in the show. This is great. Alec started a grassroots effort on Facebook to help local restaurants across the city during the pandemic. It's a place where every Lincoln restaurant can post their carryout and takeout menus, and it's turned into a large, huge community of 25,000 people sharing about their favorite restaurants. That Facebook page is called Lincoln Loyal Eat Takeout and Delivery. We want you to check that out. We're going to have him on the show on Friday. It's going to be a great one. You don't want to miss it. Well, if you want to catch the recording of today's show or past shows, all you have to do is go to KLAN.com or use the KLAN app, and you can find Drive Time Lincoln in the podcast section. And make sure to join Ellen Cato with Jack and Friends tomorrow morning for Ticket Thursday. A big thanks to Chris Beckenbach for coming into the show today. A thanks to Johnny for producing the show, and we'll be back again on Friday at 5 o'clock. Sports Nightly's up next. You've been listening to Drive Time Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN.